This is Bulls Beat on Bulls Unlimited. Bulls Beat is your stop for exclusive interviews, highlights, and the very latest on all sports at the University of South Florida. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. We have a lot for you on this Wednesday program. Some tremendous news, tremendous individual performances, a thrilling men's soccer comeback victory. You'll hear the highlight of the winning goal. Interview with men's golf head coach Steve Bradley. Also, Carla Brito will begin our numerous, in fact, just one today, but really for the next few weeks, we'll do two or three per show of interviews from members of both basketball teams. I chatted up women's basketball last Friday, and I'll be talking with Amira Abdurrahim's group today as part of their photo and video shoot. Really appreciate being able to set up in the Muma Center and chat up these players and get to know them really a little bit. So that's coming up with Carla Brito later on. Before that, you'll hear from Jose Fernandez, who was the recipient of a contract extension. Let's see, Alex Golish had some very interesting comments. Naquan Wright, tremendous as well. Weekly honors that all come down on Monday, so we'll summarize those for you on this show. Alvin Todorica of men's tennis was tremendous. Let's start off, though, with some of Coach Golish, who, as you'll hear on Bullseye tomorrow, went a lot into the fact that, you know, when you give up 56 points back-to-back weeks and also things aren't going your way offensively as you want them to, what the idea for the team was is to really go back to what was working in those two games that they won prior to that. And that involves doing the fundamental things right on both sides of the ball. Trust me, on Bullseye with Alex Golish, which airs beginning at 7 o'clock on Thursday morning, you're going to hear a lot of that. So we'll skip to some other comments that he said during the press conference that really kind of boiled down to where they are right now. And he's always good at giving insight. He does here. You'll also hear a question from Joey Johnston that elicits a pretty long and informative response. It goes back to, for us, when we've been able to get it going on first down on PN10, first play of the drive, we've been really efficient in terms of scoring points or at, at a minimum flipping the field. When we haven't been effective on first down, and we're one of the worst teams in the country right now in PN10. Actually, we are. there are three worse than us. And so that's the point of emphasis. When we're able to get it going on, on first down, we've been able to put drives together. Obviously, they got a result in points. The turnovers, we've had seven in the last three weeks, and five of them have been on the plus side of the field. Well, those five have to result in points for you. So we're between starting on PN10 and then turning the football over, like we're leaving, uh, multiply five by seven, 35, leaving 35 out there over, like that's a lot in three games. That's 11, whatever points a game, you know what I mean? And so it's a huge problem that we're fighting like crazy to fix. When you have two games like you've had where you've given up 50 plus points in all the yards, um, are you all concerned of a loss of confidence with these results or do do the guys just reset? No, you're monumentally concerned about that. And again, addressing exactly what what you see on film, you know, and, and I've done it in several different ways, but addressing it very truthfully and by showing them evidence. We talked few weeks ago, like giving the guys a why for everything that's happening. So here's why it's happening. 99% of it is coaching in terms of demanding that it's done the right way, creating habits that don't allow it to happen. But absolutely you're concerned. Um, In every imaginable way I'm concerned. Matter of fact, like can't sleep concerned. But you instill confidence by going to work. And that's what I told him on Monday. At the end of the day, 
I've been in this exact situation. This is my fourth time going through, coming into year one. Like, I knew what I was walking into. I was walking into a situation where it's not a confident group. I was walking into a situation that there haven't been just a ton of wins. And you have to flip the entire culture. Like, when you say culture, and that's an overused word, but, like, the mindset of what a program is, that every week you prepare to go have success on Saturday and actually expect to have success. And I think early on we went from a team that was hoping to win to a team that slowly but surely became a team that believed they could win. And I thought week four and five, we were a team that expected to win. And I think we went into week six and said, man, we're, we expect to win this, but then lost track of how we got there, you know? And so, yeah, you absolutely are concerned about it, but your job as, as the leader of the program is to give them the tools and give them every single resource to say, here's why we're not, here's how you do, and then you demand that they do it at an elite standard. And then by Saturday, you expect that, man, like if we play like we practice and we actually put the work in, that the end result will be better than what, what it was. What I told the guys on Monday is being in this situation before, like anytime you're not having success, the only way I know is to go back to work and work harder. Like, that's the only thing I've ever known. Obviously, schematically, you've got to be able to adjust and continue to grow, but, like, the only solution I have is to work harder. Me, our team, our coaches, everybody involved in our program, work harder. And so that's the only thing I know how to do. That's what we're doing. The hope at the end of it is that you've instilled enough confidence to go be able to do it and play at a high clip. A lot more of where that came from is coming on Bullseye tomorrow, trust me. And it was great to have B.J. Daniels back from a little bit of a sickness, which he explains on the show. He was putting him down for a good solid couple of days, but he is fine and ready to roll. And we'll talk more about the next game, UConn, not only during that show, but during this show on Friday. Did want to mention Naquan Wright now. He didn't talk about it during the press conference when he was speaking about Naquan Wright, but while praising him on Bullseye, he also talked about something you guys might not have noticed, Naquan's willingness and anger when he's not allowed to be and play on special teams, including after he scores a touchdown. So a lot of good from that guy and a lot of good from the running back himself. Just a note on Naquan Wright, the reason he hasn't, spoken a lot and I've got some insight on this is he is so cognizant of not wanting to you know come across as you know this guy that played at floor and this guy that's the guy or anything like that he really wants to be such a good teammate and prove himself first before you know speaking to the media in other words he doesn't want to do a lot of media but when you hear him you could tell he's got that leadership factor and has some tremendous things to say here to pick it up in practice you know what I mean because they say what you do in practice, it correlates to the game. So I kind of picked up myself for the last three weeks finishing runs. Uh, just finish until I hit a whistle, no matter what play it is, whether it's a run or pass. When you have a game like you had with 100-plus yards, you know, one of your more productive games, how much confidence does it give you uh, to move forward with? I mean, it kind of you really don't really get to enjoy it when you when you lose. You know what I mean? It, it really would mean more if we could get the W. I really care less about the yards, you know what I mean? Uh, I like to win. I enjoy winning. I hate losing. I'm going to compare that whatever I do. But, I mean, the 100-yard game was nice. The O-line, shots out to those guys up front. I mean, you could have run through those holes the way they had it. So, I mean, it, I just was doing my job. Uh, just watching the tape and seeing that the little things on where we went wrong at, 
and uh, trusting our coaches, man. They worked really hard, stayed long hours here, putting those game plans together, giving us those different looks, uploading the correct film that we need in the look. So just trusting the coaches, man. Outstanding spokesman, not a bad running back for the team. Speaking of outstanding spokesmen, wait until you hear Manny Hickman on Bullseye tomorrow. We went, you know, we kind of have a general idea of how long each segment's supposed to go, and our producer, who's outstanding on the video side, Chrissy, right after we wrapped up, I'm like, she's about to tell me how much over the time we went. <laughs> and she's like, uh, three minutes and 45 seconds over. But it's, uh, trust me, worth it to check that out tomorrow. Now, here's a little insight for you. As Jose Fernandez was getting ready to speak at the press conference, you'll hear some of those comments. After he spoke on the press conference, Alex Golish was ready to tape with us, which is our normal ritual. Uh, but it took about five minutes. Because he and Jose Fernandez were chopping it up, I'm sure, just exchanging wisdom. And Jose Fernandez eventually got over to the podium and dispensed some wisdom. And in this case, his reaction to being just having his contract extended by Michael Kelly through the 28-29 season. This has been a great place for me and my family, being able to be at one place for this amount of time. I work for an athletic director that really supports us and cares about the success of women's basketball, a sport administrator that uh, played college basketball, that is dialed in to uh, everything that we do on a daily basis. You know, people ask all the time, and I tell them, we are supported here at the University of South Florida as a top 25 program. We have what anybody in a football five power five conference has right we charter back and forth everywhere we stay at great hotels we have Austin money summer cost of attendance cost of attendance the way that we we have a nutritionist that's with us every day our academic support system our sports psychology system our practice facility our on-campus arena where we play so we have the best of the best right I don't recruit to win our conference, right? You, of course, we recruit on a national level to be in the top 25 every year. So if you do that, you have a great opportunity to compete and win your conference and win your conference tournament. And I think we've done that being, not being in a so-called Power Five conference, we've been in every top 25 poll the last 10 years. Uh, now our, our fans and the community expect us to go to the NCAA tournament every year. For, to take that next step, it's hard. It, 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 it's difficult um, because you got to have a little bit of luck and seeding is very, very important. But I think if we continue to recruit the type of student athletes that we've been recruiting and put them in the right situations and continue to mold them and develop them physically, emotionally, mentally, uh, we'll, we'll continue to take this program to what it's been doing and hopefully take it to even further. He's not kidding about the seeding luck the last two years. The Bulls getting put in that 8-9 game in Columbia, South Carolina. Kind of a tough first round site to move out of. Let's see if this year they can lift above that just a little bit. He mentioned senior sport administrator Lee Butler, who I've really enjoyed working alongside since he joined the staff in April of 2022. He also spoke about the roster and the shape-up of the team. You'll hear some of my comments on that and my conversation with Carla Brito to end the show. And of course, as we get closer, you're going to learn more about the new players as well. I thought it was also interesting that he flat out said this was not the time for the American Athletic Conference to go from 16 women's conference games to 18. I know why they did it, because there's more teams. When you go from 11 to 14, you feel the need to expand the schedule. But from his perspective, and this doesn't really apply to all the teams in the conference, but for the Bulls it does, it took away two chances for 
additional tougher non-conference opponents, but that's how he thinks, and we love how he thinks, that's for sure. Again, Carla Brito coming up to end the show. Got to mention Sammy Puisis being named to the preseason watch list for being one of the nation's top shooting guards, which of course she is, and there are 20 preseason names for the Ann Myers-Drysdale watch list. Full story up on GoUSFBulls.com. There was some great news on Monday, not just Players of the Week, we'll run it all down for you, but a couple sports being added to the Olympics, and South Florida can definitely have a tie to that. Oh, yeah, softball was playing last night. Men's soccer was playing and coming back from 2 nothing to win. You'll hear the winning goal call. And like I said, Carla Brito couldn't tell. This is kind of a busy time of year. Again, today I'll be talking to both Joel Gordon and Todd Orlando for a pregame show while I'm recording their Zoom call with media, which we always present to you on our podcast page. Since the Zoom calls are, you know, kind of media-only things, I'd like to give you a little insight and hear all of what both coordinators have to say. So we'll be doing that on Wednesday and then turning around and heading to the Muma Center and speaking to pretty much every single member of men's basketball. So those interviews are going to come hot and heavy here on the program. Carla Brito here at the end of the show. Nice win for men's soccer, including a great goal call on the comeback completer and oh yeah a nice rpi boost for the women's team we'll give you all of that in a few minutes but let's go back to monday not just players of the week but alvin Todorica. we told you on monday's show that he had made it all the way to the semifinals, 64 player bracket he had already won four matches to get to the semis of the ita southeast regional so all the top florida schools and then you got schools like fiu and fgcu that have great players on them and Georgia, which is used to winning this event, and Georgia Tech, which was the host. And the Bulls' own Alvin Todorica made it all the way to the finals. Winning Monday morning 6-4-6-4 against a player from Miami, Martin Katz, and then running into Georgia's Miguel Perez-Pena, who just ousted his good friend and teammate, a freshman, Cyrus Majub, 6-4-6-2. It went to a first-set tiebreaker, and maybe Todorica ran out of gas after losing it 7-5 because the final set was 6-1, but just a tremendous achievement, and it puts him in the National Fall Championships. As Michael Kelly explained on the new Bull Speed Ahead, which hopefully you heard first thing Tuesday. If not, we'll replay it several more times. What the NCAA has done in tennis is have the entire team championship play out, and then after that, another individual championship. Well, the guys are exhausted by that time, so they're doing it in the fall, and yes... Alvin Todorica is in the championship field thanks to his performance. You had to make the finals of one of these 12 regional tournaments. Not an easy task, and the Bulls' own standout from Canada has done that. So he earns a trip to San Diego. Good job, Alvin. We'll try and catch up to him Thursday and discuss that. His next step, November 1st through the 5th, is that tournament. He and Eric Gravelius almost qualified as a doubles pairing. They made it to the semifinals last weekend in Atlanta. Also Monday, a big day for conference honors, and no surprise, again, women's soccer with two one-to-nothing wins against tough conference opponents from the West, North Texas and SMU. First of all, both goal scorers in those one-nothing wins were named to the honor roll, Cena Mark Vardson and Sadie Sider, and Lele Arayas Gayak was named the goalkeeper of the week, which she should have been when you post two shutouts, which, oh, by the way, did you see the new RPI rankings? Jumped the Bulls outside of the top 100 all the way up to number 64, right behind the two teams they just beat. How can they be behind them? Well, don't worry. They were about 100 points behind North Texas not too long ago, and that's not an exaggeration. So all of a sudden, instead of having to probably win the conference tournament to make the NCAA tournament, it's possible if the Bulls win out up to the finals 
that would be five more wins in a row, granted, that they could actually get an at-large. But either way, they are playing a lot better and are fun to watch. Speaking of fun to watch, men's soccer last night coming back from 2 nothing down to beat Stetson 3-2. to Bowles went with Jorge Ortega in goal. He did play half of each of the preseason games, but it had become Alan Horrock's job. And, well, Ortega gave up a couple goals in the first half to a good Stetson team, and the Bulls looked like they were going to be in for a shaky night and maybe down to 3-8-1 and one on the season. Well, J.T. Copper made it a quick answer to those first two goals. In fact, there were three goals in a five-minute span in the first half. He took a nice free kick from in short from Loro Kostanchek. Actually, Pedro Fife got a little flick on it for an assist, a double assist for the Copper goal. Then the Bulls tied the score on Marco Astorga, the transfer from Azusa Pacific's first career goal, on a great feed from Shagun Afalabi, who was tremendous in this game. And it was 2-2. Two to two. And you had two teams, you know, non-conference game. Really, both teams wanted to get that extra goal. And Evan Weston and Ryan Davis, you know Ryan from his work with the Rowdies broadcast on ESPN+, Plus, had this tremendous call on the game-winning goal. And it was a beauty. To Haugen, South Florida deliberate buildup. Spangler keeps it from Yoshizawa. Spangler, line-breaking, Anderson! There it is! Jalen Anderson, comeback complete! USF, in the 83rd minute, takes the lead! Well, there's a reason why he was one of the featured players at the start of the game, Jalen Anderson. Goal number six, and what a strike. He doesn't need much daylight, Evan. And it's onto that left foot and just caresses it. He bends it around Radayeli. Oh, you beauty. It was a great shot and an awesome call there by the guys. If you want to see the video, I put it out last night on my Twitter page at Derek Sharp, D A R E K S H A R P. Bulls are 4 7 and 1 with three games to go. Next at home Saturday night against UAB, which does not have a win this season. Bulls need to take care of business there. And then they'll have two matches left. We'll talk more about their outlook on Friday's show, as we will. Volleyballs heading into another home match against North Texas. Got to mention Buse Hazan, who had double-doubles in both of her matches, was named to the AAC Weekly Honor Roll. We definitely had enough for an hour show today, but we're going to keep it to 30 minutes and move it along with a pretty important member of women's basketball. Great to see Carla Brito and did a lot of watching you this summer. I mean, are you exhausted from playing basketball? Are you ready for the new season? Did you get a little rest in between? <laughs> yes. Yeah, a little bit. I had like one week uh, when I finished with my national team, but it was a busy summer, but it was so fun to, to have it. Now, be specific. Uh, which national team? Both, right? I both mean, the, Yes, I played with both. Uh, first, I uh, worked out with the uh, U19. We, at the end, we, we, we lose the final, but it was a really, really good uh, tournament. And then with the U20, uh, so happy because they gave me the opportunity to go with one year more. So, so, so happy. That's tremendous. Uh, and I think I saw you, and I, uh, okay, I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but I said I was maybe rooting for Spain against the United <laughs> States just because of you. And you said you almost won the gold. I mean, how incredible was that environment? Because you guys were home. Yeah, it was It was crazy, crazy to, to play there because it was everyone. Uh, I think in the in the final, it was like 7,000 people in the, in, the, in the course. So it was crazy. But it was so, so fun to, to play there. Because of that, for any of the games that we play this year, will you get nervous, or do you not get nervous anymore because of that? <laughs> I mean, I get nervous every when I play, but 
don't know. Never see nobody good when you play. <laughs> well, you you don't look like it. Uh, you were pretty comfortable early last year, but I noticed you would get into certain games when you looked really comfortable against Marquette in the NCAA tournament, your first NCAA tournament game. I, I don't know how to explain it. You kind of had that give it to me look about you. Brito sees the shot clock, drives the lane. What a nice move by Carla Brito. She just gave it the signal like, give it to me. Carla Brito, cool senorita. Is that confidence always been part of your game? We yeah, try to be confident. I think it's very important. Uh, when you're playing basketball, I think you need to be confident yourself to take shots, to make layups. So. But I'm trying, I'm trying to be more confident with myself, uh, improving my shots and this stuff to, to have a better year. So power forward, um, you wear the number of a power forward, but you're, you're really a guard, is that right? Yeah, I mean, this year we try to play more like a guard because I'm, I'm, I'm not very, very big, so I need to play like a guard. Also, you, you look like you got in, in better shape. You were in good shape. Did you work on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think last year I have a... Uh, more weight this year. I'm trying to be more in shape, more in like working my more in my weight. So yes. Well, everything that you work on has worked out so far. Best of luck this season. Keep doing what you had started last year. And by the way, you don't have to say it. I'll say it. You are going to be first team all conference. I don't <laughs> care what the predictions were. Thank you, Carla. Thank you. Yeah, she knows the international spotlight, and she's got a lot of new international teammates, including two from Spain, both named Judith. Spoke to both of them. You're going to hear those conversations sprinkled throughout the next few weeks of shows. Speaking of international, the Olympics on Monday added women's lacrosse and softball among the sports to the 28 games in L.A. That is a big shot in the arm for Ken Erickson, who's part of Team USA, whose team is hosting Puerto Rico on Monday night because you have several members of that team on the Bulls. We're going to talk a lot about that on Monday's show because we're going to be doing a broadcast of that game, by the way, last night. The Bulls scored the first two runs in Gainesville. Florida did score the last 11 and beat the Bulls in their fall ball opener 11-2, but hey, nine hits compared to 10 for UF. So, Oh yeah, just add that to the list of things that we're talking to you about here on Bulls Beat. Friday, hopefully we're talking about a women's soccer victory. We'll also plan on speaking to Alvin Todorica and a member of volleyball. Don't forget Bullseye with Alex Golish, Manny Hickman, also Sam Barrington with Billy Atterbury comes your way Thursday morning. So talk to you again on Friday with this show. Hope you enjoy the Wednesday version. I'm Derek Sharp.